Hi, you're listening to the Heidi Rue Show podcast, where you'll hear stories from female leaders, creators, and innovators. And today, I'm talking with a lady who has worked with Olympic athletes. She has worked with some of the best swim teams in the U.S., and she has figured out how mentally we can overcome some of these obstacles. I can't wait for you to hear from her, Kristen Shefshunis. So let me tell you a little bit about Kristen. First of all, she started her swim career at University of Tennessee. Go Vols for every one of you out there. She was on the swim team there, a four-time All-American and then captain of the team during her junior and senior seasons. She graduated with a BA in psychology, which is important once you hear what she's doing now. And then she was an assistant coach from Michigan State University. She went to SMU. She was an assistant there for four years. And she's worked with Olympians, world champions, and NCAA champions. Her story really starts when she went as head coach to the University of Miami. She came because that team really needed a big leader. You know, they were really struggling. And so they brought Kristen in to help revive the team. Well, that's where she struggled. She couldn't do it. It was so hard, and I know that she felt so much pressure, but that failure actually led her to creating what she does now, which is a confidence program. But let me tell you that at the end of her career at Miami, first of all, she produced one of the first ever ACC champion and ACC record holder in swimming for the University of Miami. So it has a good story, and we're going to hear that story later on. But then what she's doing now is she's speaking, and she's coaching not only athletes, but people in business, you, women, high schoolers, college students. She works mainly with women on trying to build our confidence and to overcome our fears. Not only that, but she has also worked with Team Elite. This is the group of Olympians that were preparing for the 2016 Olympic Games in Rio. So I am so excited to hear from Coach Kristen today. Before we get into it, I wanted to talk about some of the fears that I have because one of the things that you'll hear from Kristen is, you know, one of those biggest hurdles for confidence is fear. That's what's holding us back. And there are several different ways that she says we can overcome that. She goes more in depth on it. One of the things that she said is one of the first steps is to verbalize your fear, because a lot of times we don't talk about it, especially if you're an athlete. There's a lot of pressure to act very tough and strong. I'm no athlete, that's for sure. But in the business world, there's definitely a lot of fear that I've dealt with. And so I just wanted to share some real fears with you right now and how I'm shifting my perspective after listening to Kristen. And I thought that may help encourage you. So the first one is I'm a voice talent. That's how I create my full-time income. We don't get a paycheck from the studio. And so that's what I depend on. My biggest fear with that is that I just won't book voiceover jobs, that it'll dry up. If there's a week where it's really slow, it starts to go, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? Am I going to work next week? (laughs) Or, you know, and then there's other weeks that it's crazy busy. The fear for me is that if I don't book voiceover jobs, that it would hurt my credibility as a studio, a voiceover studio owner. And, you know, we do teach a class here. And I've always thought, well, if I'm, what if I stop booking? I can't teach. Of course, it would hurt my income and my self-esteem too. I'm a big performer and I want to know that hard work that I'm putting in is generating results. One of the things that I've thought about through voiceover is that I'm like, well, I always say, well, you know, the input doesn't actually equal the output. So you never know, right? So up in the air, whether or not you're going to book. But 
as I was thinking through this fear, and there was something that I realized, that's actually not true. What I realized is that when I was looking back over my voiceover career, I started off, I left radio. My voiceover career has grown by over $10,000 every single year since I left radio. And I just now realized that. And so here I am, fearful. Now, again, the voiceover career could slow down, but the truth of the matter is, the reality is it hasn't. It's continued to grow. So actually, my input, I've worked really hard, does equal my output. So fear, gone. (laughs) Um, No, it's not that easy. But I wanted to share that with you because I thought that it just exemplifies exactly what Kristen is talking about, where um, sometimes you just need to verbalize that fear. And so I encourage you to verbalize the fears as you're listening through this. Okay, the next thing, this podcast won't be successful. This is what I wanted to do. I always had this heart for radio, and I love interviewing people, but I worry that nobody's going to listen to this podcast, that the content isn't going to be significant. It's not going to help you. And just by verbalizing that fear, I realized that that perspective definitely needs to change. And that perspective that needs to change is my definition of success. Because I don't need another job, to be honest with you. I don't need this podcast to be another job. I can't handle it. (laughs) We've already got enough things that we need to worry about the data and what's going in and what's coming out and all that stuff. The success for this podcast is for me being able to create, to inspire you, and it doesn't have to be a business. So boom. Or also (laughs) put my brother-in-law to sleep. Um, My sister said that uh, he couldn't sleep on a road trip, and so she put on the podcast, and he went right to sleep. And then she had paused it, and he goes, wait, what happened? Where where did it go? And she said, I didn't think you were even listening to it. He goes, the voice was so soothing, it just put me right to sleep. (laughs) So listen, If nothing else, then maybe my podcast can help insomnia. And then the third thing and final thing, still the whole possibility of being a mom really scares me. At this point, we've tried everything, and I just don't know what else there is to try. Um, And it hasn't worked. And so I think my fear right now is shifting from how will it fit into our lives into more of what my life will actually look like now if there's not a child in there because I always imagined that there would be. And so my fear, of course, is being in the nursing home and having no one come (laughs) to say hello to me or bring me flowers or just, you know, bring me jello. I don't know. So those are some fears. Um, And I hope that listening to this podcast will help you be able to put a voice to your own fears and to to help overcome them. Enough of me. Let's hear from Coach Kristen. So glad to have you on today. And um, I just have to say that we uh, just met in person like last Friday. I was introduced to you uh, by Vicki Locke, who I have admired and who has been, I'm pointing, if you're on YouTube, I'm pointing this way because she's sitting right here. (laughs) They're like, why is she like pointing her arm out like that? Um, Because she's sitting right here. And Vicki Locke, um, I've admired her radio career for years. Um, She was on one of the, I think the longest or the longest morning show here in Atlanta, radio morning show. Is it the longest or? Yeah. So um, anyway, she's just an institution here in Atlanta. And so she now is doing PR and she's representing Coach Kristen 
Wow. Y'all, I started this podcast off by saying Coach Christian, and we were just talking about butchering <laughs> names. I'm like, Kristen is not hard. I don't know why I just started saying that. Anyways, um, so I'm so appreciative of her being on the podcast today because she's got a huge message. Kristen, let's start. I already kind of gave a little bit about how you even got to University of Miami, but you became the head coach in 2006, and you you were brought on to really help this struggling program to rebuild it. But off the bat, it didn't really work that way, right? Tell us about the first couple of years there at University of Miami. Sure. I always say I was there for seven years, and the only way I can explain those years is tumultuous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I came from SMU, and uh, I was there 02 to 06, and we were one of the best programs in the country. Like, we had huge success. We had a, a lot of Olympians on our team. It was just awesome. And I always explain our success was because the head coach and I had such a beautiful relationship. I was the assistant coach. And the reason it was so beautiful is because we were complete opposites. Mm -hmm. He was the type of coach that just thought swimming 24-7, and he loved writing workouts and the technique, and he was just loved swimming, where I'm more about the mental piece. I'm more about helping with life outside of sport because it affects sport. There's no doubt about it. And so just helping these women become, you know, amazing women. And so I always explain it as he took care of the swimming and I took care of the women. Well, when I got hired as the head coach at Miami, I went in there thinking, okay, now I'm a quote unquote head coach where head coaches aren't really the relational ones, right? Mm. So I need to think swimming 24-7 and I need to hire somebody to take care of the women. Hmm. Well, like you said, <laughs> I'm embarrassed to say it took me four years to figure out that that hmm. wasn't working. And man, I failed so bad. I mean, for four years, you know, there was one or maybe one year where we were decent, but for the most part, it, it was just, I mean, there's no sugarcoating. It mm-hmm. was, it was failing. And after my fourth year, I was ready to throw in the towel I had come in because we had so much success at SMU. I came in thinking I'm a great coach. And four years later, I'm a terrible coach. Mm -hmm. And this is not for me. I stopped blaming everybody else. (laughs) I started looking at myself. Mm -hmm. What I've realized about humans, when we're failing, we rarely look to ourselves first, right? We want to blame everybody else. So anyway, I stopped blaming everybody else, started looking at myself, put some mentors around me. And they started challenging me. What are your gifts? What are you great at? And to be honest, at that point, I didn't even remember because Mm -hmm. I had been failing for so long. Okay, what made you a great assistant coach at SMU? Oh, okay, I I know that, you know, because I took care of the women and things like that. And, And so they started challenging me, look, you need to start using your gifts. And I said, that sounds great, right? But that's not what head coaches do. But they challenged me anyway. Stop trying to, you know, fit into the mold of a head coach. But at that time, I was the only female head coach in the ACC. So I'm already standing out like a sore thumb, right? And now they want me to stand out even more. And I, I guess I was just at the end of my rope. I didn't know what to do. So I was like, let's try it. Sure. And so those last three years at Miami, I mean, we had a hundred times the success that we did in my first four mm. when I started using my gifts and I, and I hired somebody to ca- come in to be my assistant that loved that swimming part. Mm. And even though it didn't look like, you know, a normal head coach, that's what worked for us. And, yeah. and we had success because of it. Wow. 
how did you even get to that point where you knew to look for mentors and where to look for mentors? Because I feel like that's the part in most of our stories where we're just like, where do we start? Okay, we know that we're at the end of the rope. We're failing. Now what to do? Yeah. Well, I don't know if you've ever heard of Athletes in Action, but it's yeah. a Christian organization yeah. on campus. So the woman, um, Arlene, who she and her husband were the main AIA people there, she had been trying to create a relationship with me. Mm. And it was kind of like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> nah, I'm good, you know. And after, like I said, after those four years when I was thrown in the towel, it was mm. like, hmm, maybe I need to start talking to somebody. So I started speaking with her. And, I mean, it was so lucky because Miami had – I don't think they hired him, but he was a contract sports psychologist. Mm-hmm. And – He was willing to come into my office every week and just kind of speak brutal truth to me, Mm. which was so needed at the time. So those were the two main people Mm -hmm. that just really made me stop blaming everybody else and start looking at myself. Yeah. And what was it like to be able to discover what you really were good at? Was it just like over time of really trying to meditate and think back to moments where you felt most successful or that you felt... Um, most fulfilled? Or was it more um, strategic? Did you have to write it down? You know, what were some of those, uh, those steps that you took? It was my purpose. I mean, to speak into these young women's lives, to help them again with life outside of sport, to mm-hmm. help them with their confidence. I mean, that is, I have no doubt, mm-hmm. my purpose. And because I was trying to fit into the mold yeah. of what a head coach is supposed to be, I wasn't living it. Yeah. And I was miserable, absolutely Mm. miserable. So then from University of Miami, then where did you go next? The funny thing about failure, even though it sucks and it's awful and, you know, I don't know how I survived those years, I grew Mm. and I learned a lot about myself in those times. And I realized I didn't want to be a swim coach anymore Mm. because in those last three years when I started being relational with the women, what I did was I gave each woman on my team an hour a week where they could come into my office and just, you know, vomit their truth and just talk, (laughs) vent anything. That's how confidence coaching, I call it, kind of started because that's, it started at Miami and I was Mm. just like, this is what I want to do. Like this is, and I, and not only the one-on-one stuff, but I love to speak as well. I feel like Mm -hmm. that's one of my gifts. So in 13, I made a huge, scary decision. I felt like I had kind of been pushed to the edge of the cliff and it was kind of like, jump now or, you know, stay in your um, box for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. Stay in your swim coach box, Um, which makes me think because my brother actually said when I was telling him, he said, you do know you're in control of your life, right? (laughs) And I was like, sometimes you forget. Yeah, I had been in the swim coach box for 15 years. Like, what else is there? And the moment he said that, that's when it clicked. Like, wait, I get one life. Mm. Like, I want to enjoy it. Like, I want to do what I'm called to do. And so that next day after he challenged me, I handed in my resignation. And the plan was to you know, start my own business and speak and work one-on-one. And I did a little bit of that, but that year ended up being more of a time off kind Mm. of thing. I I had worked for 15 years straight. I mean, any any college coach out there knows you don't get vacations. Sure. (laughs) You don't get... So it was 15 years straight. Mm. So that year, I just kind of relaxed and figured out what I truly wanted to do and 
rejuvenated. Mm. And then I ended up getting a call from a guy who ended up being the Olympic coach in the Rio Games in 16. And he was coaching a group of Olympians at the time created a position for me where I worked with these Olympians as a confidence coach and and a swim coach. Mm. And I worked with them for a little over a year, kind of getting them ready for the 16 Olympic trials and then um, Mm -hmm. the Olympic Games. What have you seen is one of the biggest mental hurdles that athletes that you've come in contact with have faced? Fear. Hmm. It's always fear. But especially especially as an Olympian, or especially as an athlete, and certainly as an Olympian, you're not allowed to talk about that. Mm. You know, you are, you know, as an Olympian, I always say, they think, you think they're this epitome of strength and fearlessness, Mm. and it's not even close. Standing behind the blocks, I always say, is one of the scariest places on earth for a swimmer, because Mm. there is pressure to perform, which of course, everybody feels. That's not just an athlete thing. But in that pressure to perform moment, the fears just start attacking. And so it's really, you know, what I've learned is, because I don't believe in fearless. I just don't. If there's pressure to perform, if there's something at stake, I believe fear is coming. So I'm such a big believer. Let's start admitting what they are. Figure out what they are because they're coming. Yeah. So you might as well be prepared for them, owning it, and then learning how to handle it. So how do we how do we handle the fears? Because it sounds like they're going to come no matter what. And, and it, outside of um, sports, whatever you're doing, if you're a small business owner, if you, you know, are a mom. No doubt about <laughs> you it. You know, there are always fears that come along the way. So how do we handle that? What are some tips would you give? Well, it's it's funny because when you said that, I thought of a funny story because – I always knew that this wasn't just an athlete thing, Mm -hmm. but I had done um, a mother-daughter seminar, confidence seminar with an an Olympic athlete. And afterwards, this mom made a beeline for me. And she's like, this isn't just an athlete thing. She said, (laughs) I'm an attorney. And she said, I know I'm smart. I am always so prepared for this. And she said, I walk in feeling so confident and ready. And she said, I walk through the door. I walk through where the audience sits. She goes, my behind the block moment is that swinging door mm-hmm. to my table. And she said, I, I go through that swinging door and it's like I'm standing at my table and I have no confidence left. Mm-hmm. You know. And so I always say when pressure hits, especially a woman, the first thing to come, fear and doubts, the first thing to go seems to be our confidence, our perspective, and our truth. Hmm. And so I am all about the truth. And I am all about when those fears come, like I said, be prepared for them. I yeah. mean, I challenge all my athletes, every woman I know, write them down, get to know them. Because hmm. in times of pressure, like I said, they're inevitably coming. Get to know them. And then I call it flip it. Flip it from focusing in on those fears and doubts and flipping it over to your truth. And I always say this, too. And, you know, I work mostly with women. So, guys, if you're listening. (laughs) (laughs) We do have a few, but (laughs) it is mainly women. (laughs) But I I do say we are way too smart as women to con ourselves into believing something that we don't truly believe. Mm. So what we need to focus in on is... We truly have to believe because so many people, you know, will sit there and be like, I got this. I got this. And it's like, do you really believe you got this? Mm. Eh, 
not really. You know, it has to be something that we truly believe. I mean, mm. I was working with this runner, and she was at the front of the pack because she's she's really good. Yeah. And they started the race. She was with the pack, but then the pack started pulling away. And she kept saying to herself, just relax. You can still catch them. Just relax. You can still catch them. <laughs> trying, to be, trying to be positive, right? right? And she ended up having a terrible race. And so I mm. pulled her back to that moment. I said, you know, when you were sitting there talking to yourself, you know, pulling yourself back to your truth, did you actually believe you could still catch them? And she thought about it for about half a second and said, no, not mm. even close. And I said, well, you can't focus in on something you don't truly believe. And, you know, this woman, she's big on Instagram. And I've seen she puts her workouts and I've seen her treadmill like at, you know, top incline. Oh and she's, she's a fighter. Yeah. And I said, you know, next time you're in that situation, instead of saying, you know, just relax, you can still catch them. How about you go? I don't know if I can still catch them because you can't control them, right? You have right. zero control over them. I don't know if I can catch them, but I do know I'm going to work my butt off to do it, you know? And and she's such a fighter. Yeah. So, okay, I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight. There were there was absolutely no doubt that she knew she was a fighter. So that mm. was such a powerful truth that she could focus in on in yeah, those moments. That is so powerful. And like you said, even when you learned like, hey, wait, I have control over what I do with my life. I don't have to put myself in the box. You did the same thing for her as, wait, let's not focus on what you can't control. You can't control that other runner. Right. You know, so yeah, that belief could be unfounded, but you know you could do the best that you can. Yep. Kristen, tell us about the confidence nuggets. And I actually have one. If you're watching on YouTube, then you can see the bracelet on my wrist here. Kristen gave this to me. It says confidence on it here in gold. And then it's got these beautiful beads. And then in the middle, it's got a gold bead that I guess represents the confidence nugget. That is the confidence nugget. Is this the key, right? As long as I have this bracelet on, (laughs) then I don't have to worry about anything in the future. Yes. Well, that, <laughs> give me 10. <laughs> that bracelet is the I am courageous. There's okay. 18 different bracelets. But where it all started was at the University of Miami because I started noticing that my athletes were never giving themselves credit. They had big goals. They they were willing to work hard and take steps toward those goals, but then they never gave themselves credit. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, that was so good today. Oh, it wasn't that good. It could have been better, right? It wasn't enough. That's a big word yeah. in a woman's life, right? And then what I also noticed is they could focus in or they could do 99 things right and one thing wrong. And they were Mm -hmm. walking out focused on the one thing wrong. And so I thought to myself, hmm, to feel confident, we need to feel prepared. Yeah. How are we ever going to feel prepared if we're never giving ourselves credit and we're only focused on what we're doing wrong? So I put a bucket of gold beads in the women's locker room and I said, hey, anytime you take a step toward your goal, I want you to give yourself credit because I believe that when you give yourself credit, that's how we can build our confidence. Mm. So the bucket of beads, to make a very long story short, it it was just really cool because they would start taking one bead with them Mm. to away competitions and things like that because it was their reminder Mm. that they had done the work and they were prepared. Yeah. When I left Miami, I really didn't do anything with them. But I started working with a young woman named Katie Miley, who was really struggling with anxiety. And the fear was just, she was good, but she wanted to be great. And the fear was keeping her from being Mm -hmm. great. So as we started working together, she really started to figure out how to handle those fears and things like that. So in 2016, she went to the Olympic trials and ended up making the Olympic team, which was just mm. so huge because we had no idea. You that know, she huge. had gotten a lot better, yeah. you know, because she learned how to handle those fears. 
But we weren't sure. We knew there was a chance, but we were so excited. But I also knew that when she got into Rio, (laughs) when she got into the Olympics, the fear was just going to be absolutely overwhelming. So one of the things, remember I said, I have people focus in on their truth. One of the things that that she liked to do was write down 10 reasons why she was going to swim fast before every competition. I always say it's so funny because it sounds like something a third grader would do, but this girl is in, she's at Georgetown Law right now. She's one of the most brilliant, brilliant women. Yeah. I took 10 confidence nuggets and made her a bracelet, and those Mm -hmm. 10 confidence nuggets represented those 10 reasons why she was going to swim fast. When she was at the Olympics and the fear came, she could just look down at her wrist and be Mm -hmm. reminded of her truth, those 10 reasons. She didn't end up taking it off pretty much the whole time. The only time she did take it off was to swim, Mm -hmm. and she always left it at the top of her swim bag just to catch a glimpse because it became that important. Because like I said, when pressure hits, man. (laughs) You need those reminders. Yes, yes. So um, when she came back and told me, you know, how much it had helped her, I was Mm -hmm. like, maybe we've got something this here. Is, yeah. <laughs> so I started making bracelets with one confidence nugget. Uh-huh. And then each color represents a truth mm-hmm. that we as women so often forget. Like, I am enough. I am worthy. Mm-hmm. I am determined. I am courageous. I am loved. I am blessed. There's mm-hmm. 18 different ones. So that's where those come from. That is awesome. Kristen, thank you so much. I can't believe our time is already like uh, (laughs) getting close. The good news is, is that they can still hear from you (laughs) in other ways. Will you let us know where people can follow you and people can either hire you for speaking engagements or just hear more of your great truth and get one of these bracelets? Yes. So my website is Coach. Kristen.com, C-H-R-I-S-T-E-N.com, and then confidencenuggets.com is where you can get the bracelets. And then as far as social media, um, I do mostly Instagram, which is coach underscore Kristen. Okay, awesome. Thank you so much. And we will link everything to below in the show notes. So if you're somewhere where you can't write that down or you can't remember it, then you can just click on the show notes. Thank you again so much, Coach Kristen. Thank you. (laughs) Appreciate it. (laughs) 